This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk this morning. It is a sad reality that despite an entrepreneur's best efforts, not all businesses survive the harsh pitfalls of the ever-evolving tech industry. We know how quickly it can move and how quickly things can change. So when business owners can bring their companies back from the precipice of failure, it is a testament to their prowess as shrewd entrepreneurs and strategic thinkers. I am speaking today to the CEO of Malaysia's Tech Lab, Symbiotic Technologies, Deepankar Mitra. Welcome to the show, Deepankar. How are you? Uh, hey, Richard. Thank you very much for having me here uh, on BFM. My I'm pleasure. Good. Thank you very much. Yes. Now, um, you are um, a software solutions and services provider. Uh, you provide more than 100, you've got more than 120 clients across a whole bunch of different regions. Uh, you do a whole bunch of different things. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Symbiotic first. Um, how long has it been around? And what was the kind of motivation behind the creation of this company? Uh, well, uh, Symbiotic was formed back in 2012. Um, I was one of the early founders, uh, along with two other partners. Um, pretty much in 2013 is when we started operating. We didn't do very well back then. 2013, 2014, I think, was uh, most challenging for us to understand the business. Um, I come from a place from India, a very small island called Andaman and Nicobar Islands. So um, back then, I think, uh, from from the journey of Andaman and Nicobar to, the, to Bangalore and then finally get into uh, the IT industry, though I did right. mechanical engineering, um, it, okay. it, we, we all kind of got sucked into this whole IT phenomena back then in 20, early 2000s, right? Right. Yep, yeah. Yep. So, um, and then as it happens, um, you know, fall in love with a pretty lady happens to be from this part of the world. And uh, that brings me to this country. Um, I'm so, I'm so glad that I, I took that decision. Um, till date, I think that was one of the best decisions that I have made. Um, right. So uh, coming back to Symbiotic, yes, 2013, 2014, I think was challenging because we, we were pretty new into um, the business world and back then. I was a techie, uh, a person who used to code and, and do testings, etc. So mm-hmm. business didn't come naturally. Um, however, I think since we were already into it, um, it kind of uh, gave us enough room for us to um, understand how the market is, what, what the market demands. And most importantly, for this part of the world, uh, what is the business culture, right? So that took about two years with an mm-hmm. expense of 1.3 million debts, etc., etc., as it happens with all other businesses, we had our share yeah. of uh, ups and downs. Um, yeah, but I yeah. would say that those two years are the pillars for what we have achieved now, right? Um, mm-hmm. The learning uh, for that time was was amazing. Um, and we took those uh, learnings into uh, uh, in positive manner. And, um, and we survived that period, I think, most importantly. And I think 2015 onwards is when we have started seeing um, a good growth uh, in terms of our headcount as well as right. in our revenue, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, um, I, I, I did obviously read the pitch that came through, uh, and it talks about how uh, at the very beginning you had zero sales, and, and then you went on and you ended up you know, with, with 17 new clients, and um, that's the kind of story anyway. 
Can you tell me a little bit about that that journey, how how difficult that was going from zero to 17? Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, I still, I think it still gives me chills in my bones. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, like I said, two years of uh, almost zero sale, right? Um, and mm-hmm. then um, for us to have survived that, we definitely have, uh, I really have to thank my wife, supported me throughout that difficult period um, uh, to go through, you know, the difficulties of paying the staff, um, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and what was most difficult was that, you know, to to be able to get up in the morning and still have that motivation to come back to the work, uh, though we didn't have anything to do. So we, right. used, to, we used to continue to research on the, uh, you know, on Internet to try and get connected with anybody who would give us the time to go and meet up. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of taught us the perseverance that you need uh, to be successful in business. Um, and I would say that that 17 customer was, uh, yeah, was much later, but then. Um, the first client that we had closed uh, that gave us a 4,000 ringgit uh, order. And till date, I think that was the best sale that I have done because that kind of gave us um, the belief that, yes, we can make a sale. And mm-hmm. um, and, and the journey started from there. And, and like, as they say, the rest is the history. Today, we are servicing close to 120, 120 uh, customers across the globe. We have closed some deals sitting here in Malaysia in U.S., one of the largest uh, you know, food chain business uh, that you can probably come across. Uh, McDonald's is one of the clients that we service from here. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So this has been a journey, uh, you know, for all of us, uh, the the guys who started back then and, and people who started much later. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think I think it's the, it's the collective, um, you know, effort by the team members, uh, everyone who uh, was there then, I think about 10, 10 odd people that uh, we used to have, um, most of them is still there with us today, and some mm-hmm. of them actually now been made directors and managers. Um, yeah, so we still sit down sometimes and still talk about that four thousand ringgit deal that we got, and we spend about ten thousand drinking beers. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, obviously, this this is a tech show, you know, and we we talk about tech a lot. And you moved from CTO to CEO. Um, what was that transition like for you? Somebody who comes from a, you know a mechanical engineering background, uh, and moving into first of all you know a CTO position or becoming a CTO position, and then into CEO. What was that like for you? So I think the CTO to CEO was kind of a bit more smoother than the the, the salesperson to come inside, right? So I had right. to be a salesperson first. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, the early days, the, the most difficult part of the business was to get sales, right? And mm-hmm. the sales was not something that I had experience on before. Uh, the the nearest sale, uh, sales job that I had done after my uh, graduation in Bangalore, again, I, I keep saying that, that I, I studied mechanical engineering in a wrong place because Bangalore was a place where it was a um, hub for IT. Yeah. And uh, we pretty much didn't have much of opportunity for uh, mechanical engineering or any sort of engineering per se. So as per uh, for the survival instincts, I had to you know sell SIM cards on the roads, and that was the only encounter that I had uh, in my early days of uh, sales. And I think that had come somewhat handy towards the end of um, you know towards the early days of my sales uh, work within mm-hmm. Symbiotic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think the sales part was the most difficult part. But uh, again, I would say that you know that is something that has happened best to me. Because mm-hmm. once I had understood uh, the, the sentiment, the market, and, and also the, the gaps, right? So that from a tech, not, not, as a techie, I, I think was easier for me to solve a lot of problems. And then mm-hmm. 
um, then you know probably uh, getting promoted to the CEO position um, was then much more easier because I knew what it takes to uh, to deliver uh, a project. So it, mm-hmm. the decision making in terms of hirings, in terms of cost effectiveness, and also the expectation that customer has mm-hmm. on you uh, was kind right. of a blend of all of this uh, came quite uh, quite naturally. I would say that since both the backgrounds of uh, technology and sales was with me. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's the, the transition from CTO to CEO was smoother than the transition of from a techie to a sales guy. <laughs> Let me briefly ask you, like, just to kind of go back and, and look at that time in, in, in Bangalore. You know, we, we look at Bangalore now, we see it as, you know, like you say, it's an IT hub. We see it also now. We talk about it as being a, a, a place where startups are springing up left, right and center. You know, do you think being in that space at that time it, it put something inside of you, put something under your skin that kind of helped motivate you as well? That's true. I mean, the the competition is tremendous, right? So for, mm. for you to be able to, uh, you know, compete within those millions of uh, youngsters who are, um, you know, thriving and they have all the skills and, um, you know, the creams of the Indian graduates, uh, you know, land yeah. there. So it's, yeah. it's, it's always, uh, I think that always definitely has helped, uh, you know, uh, having started, uh, studied there and started work there. Um, and mm-hmm. we were quite fortunate that, you know, we were early days, 2005, 2006, uh, pretty much if you are, you are working in one of the IT companies, you got an opportunity to travel. And, yeah. and, and I did uh, have my share uh, part of traveling as well, uh, you know, to UKs, to the Ireland and et cetera. And I think mm-hmm. that exposure definitely helps, right? So uh, we get to meet different people. We get to understand different cultures. And also, I think, you know, the different challenges of uh, different mindsets. I think that that kind of helps. So, yeah, definitely uh, Bangalore, I think, is a blessing for anybody mm-hmm. who wanted to do business in IT. And somewhere I would say that, yes, that, that definitely helped shaping mm-hmm. up what we did today here in Malaysia. Okay, hold that thought and let's take a short break. Folks, I'm on the line with Deepankar Mitra. He is the CEO of Symbiotic Technologies. They are a software solutions and services provider trusted by more than 120 clients across multiple geographic regions with more than 200 different kinds of tech gigs. We'll talk more about that when we come back and some of these solutions that they do indeed provide. You're tuned into Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. From Monotony, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with Deepankar Mitra. He is the CEO of Symbiotic Technologies, a software solutions and services provider trusted by more than 120 clients. Welcome back, Deepankar. Um, okay, so 120 different clients across multiple geographic regions. Um, obviously, people are sat here at home listening to the show, and they're going to be, okay, so what are some of these services and solutions that you provide? Talk to me about, um, you know, some of the, the, the solutions that you are most proud of right now. Well, I think, you know, the journey started with, uh, you know, any other software house who 
probably did a B2B business where, oh, you know, started with some enterprise software development, customer gave us a requirement, and then we developed those softwares. Um, things got really interesting from 2018 onwards mm-hmm. when our mobile app uh, division uh, started picking up some real cool jobs. And, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, maybe there are certain apps that you use today, which is developed by me if you're in Malaysia. Um, uh, one such app was for Selangor government. Uh, it continued to be in use. Um, uh, I wouldn't name it as it yet because I didn't take a consent. But then I think this this is uh, a social app that has been uh, in play for longest time uh, from the start of, start of the pandemic. And that kind of helped a lot of people in, in, in Selangor early days and trace and track. So I know, I hope you know what app I'm talking about. Um, I think I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, just just from there, that perspective, uh, point of view, we did quite a number of insurance apps. We did uh, ports and logistics apps. Um, in, in recent time, we have started working with, um, you know, some of the largest automo- automobile companies. And uh, those are, again, uh, consumer-facing uh, Customer facing rather um, car owners will be using that apps, and also the the backend uh, business apps that will be used for business processes at the background. Now, mm-hmm. while it is interesting is is the technology element part of it, which I think what we are doing today is cutting edge, um, using you know the cloud computing uh, deployed in cloud um, infrastructures, which is available then twenty four by seven to you. Um, enterprise softwares, customers were very reluctant to put enterprise softwares in uh, cloud um, early days, but mm. I think that is changing, obviously. Mm. And um, what is also interesting is the machine learning and artificial intelligence that uh, we, we bring into these apps, which kind of helps um, simplify or, or you know, rather uh, automate n- a number of these repetitive tasks that is otherwise being done by humans. Let's talk a little bit about that then. I mean, AI and machine learning is um, something that you know I have an interest in, and I know a lot of our listeners do. Um, how heavily invested are you in, in in the movement of this technology right now? Uh, quite a lot, to be very frank, because uh, we we again, I think I take this discussion back in 2018 is when we have put together a, a vision to uh, to be a company who uh, invest heavily in R and D. For AI ML, uh, which is what is called in the tech world, the artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, now, you know, you may be actually using a lot of these AIs in your day-to-day life and you may not even know it, right? So, for example, um, just just a very simple example of you unlocking your phone using a facial recognition today is right. an AI component that um, uh, that most, most phone companies have introduced. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a day-to-day uh, usage, right? You, you do it, but you don't know it. But at mm. the same time, how businesses uh, today use this, what we call native functionality of mobile phone into their businesses, uh, let's say you have a um, banking app and that banking app uh, needs user ID and password. Most mm. of the banks today would have already enabled this facial recognition to unlock your bank mm. as well, mm-hmm. which is secure mm-hmm. um, and uh, also trusted, right? Because it comes from native. So the companies like ours are the one who uses this technology at the background to make the banking apps more viable and right. at the same time easy to use, right? So that's one example. Another yeah. example probably, uh, you know, if somebody, uh, let's say you are using your Gmail today and you have started composing an email, you would see that um, there is a suggestion comes immediately after you start typing one or two let- uh, two words. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and and it kind of knows what you are going to write late after that right so uh, this is again because of the machine learning component of uh, the algorithm that mm. helps uh, the system keeps on learning about what and how you write your emails and that uh, algorithm then is translated into artificial artificial intelligence for you to uh, for 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 the email to give you a suggestion of what the sentence could be so these mm-hmm. are these are some very simple examples of you know how uh, ai and ml is being introduced slowly but surely into our lives and mm-hmm. i would say that this this helps in many ways uh, because somebody who who is not very good probably doesn't know the spelling not very good in writing a proper sentence um, when you are writing an email and if the suggestion comes it helps likewise mm-hmm. when it comes to businesses like ours uh, we continuously uh, we are continuously investing into these technologies on our people to for them to learn so that we remain viable to the business world of tomorrow rather mm. than just looking at today so yeah i think i think that's that's pretty much what i would want to say uh, you know in a simple term that you, probably the listeners can understand um, mm-hmm. it is it is already in our life and and it is in our life for a good reason don't get scared of you know all those hollywood movies that you see with uh, all sorts of things going around right um, it is not taking over our lives it is just making our life simpler <laughs> it's working alongside us, not against us. Yes, absolutely. It's often the, 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 the kind of uh, thing that I say to people. Now, um, uh, one thing that we, we've seen a lot of uh, lately, uh, the discussion about um, uh, how safe our data is and you know people worrying about data leaks and one thing or another. And obviously, you're a company that works with data that's in the cloud. And it's something that people have discussed. And you even mentioned it before about how people uh, earlier used to be a little bit reluctant about using cloud and storing in the cloud and even apps that are, you know, hosted in the cloud. Um, People have been a little bit kind of reluctant in the past. And I think we have seen that change and people have become a little bit more confident with it. But when we're regularly reading about things like data leaks and, you know, privacy issues, what kind of... um, how do you talk to your customers about how safe their data is uh, when it is stored? Yeah, so I mean, I will give you an analogy of uh, probably building, right? So if you are, if you are, what used to happen early days, you are you are living in a landed property, one house, um, you know, one family, you had one key to come in yeah. and come out, right? That is that is what we called uh, uh, on-premise server uh, in our yeah. tech term. But today you are living in condos, beautiful facility. You get to you know enjoy the swimming pool. You get to enjoy all these other facilities around. Maybe a sky pool there somewhere at the gym. Um, maybe five hundred different houses are living there. Now you have a gate to come in, right? The security wise, mm-hmm. you have a gate to come in where you have your um, tags or maybe you know even facial recognition today or car number plate reader. Uh, and then you have a security guard, which is a phys- physical security guard who again checks your details before they let you in and then you have your house uh, your room uh, or, or the so called condo which again has a security key for you to come in right so this mm-hmm. is cloud condo is a cloud today where you know in a in one building you have multiple tenants who are uh, tenants or owners who are living now if you have bought that property it's yours right and mm-hmm. you have the right to sell same goes with uh, cloud as well if you mm-hmm. have a private cloud with um, the right the, the data belongs to you and also that physical uh, that cloud host belongs to you right so it's depending on how much you are willing to spend based on that the kind of securities and 
kind uh, kind of services that you get at the end mm-hmm. of it you still get to enjoy all the common facilities let's say in our uh, infrastructure term we call it um, common hubs right so yeah. common yeah. facilities meaning the main security guard the uh, the entry security all of it is already given by the cloud pro- cloud provider so i would say the condos are much more secure than uh, a landed property today and i think you will you will agree with me on that otherwise like uh, i am living in an um, uh, landed property I have mm. to install uh, all sorts of security, you know, the CCTVs and I have to have yeah. guard dogs and whatnot. And still, I don't feel safe, right? Wherein right. if I'm, I'm going and sleeping in the condo, probably I'll, I'll probably sleep a bit more peacefully. <laughs> uh, yes. I hope I hope that that kind of gives an analogy of understanding yeah, yeah. what yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it does. Now, uh, final question before I let you go, uh, Deepankar. Uh, tell me about some of the, the future collaborations that you've got coming up, uh, you know, that are happening in the, pi- in the pipeline with, with you guys. I mean, the, see, it's, uh, having having gone through almost about uh, ten years into this, um, what I realized that you know, um, every every three years to five years, things changes, and, and right now I think maybe even even shorter with the pandemic uh, going yeah. around an un- unfortunate event of uh, you know something that has held us hostage for so long. I think mm-hmm. things will things will very rapidly change, and mm-hmm. for for that for the survival for for the growth of uh, any business, whether it's tech or not they have to adapt very quickly. Um, and mm. I think one of the strategies that we have put forward and quite proud to say, um, through the crowdfunding uh, platforms such as Pitchin, we have started investing heavily in startup ecosystem. And I think that is where um, the future lies. All these startups, mm. the, the young generation who is coming out and uh, with brilliant ideas, they need tech support, they need uh, mentors, they need um, you know, fundings, etc., uh, to, to survive at the initial phases. At what what we had seen, and most importantly, the the learning, uh, right? So 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 we can pass on those learnings, and businesses can come up much rapidly. So we have we have invested in in close to about seven eight uh, startups in uh, in Malaysia alone. Um, we are also looking at uh, outside Malaysia at this point in time. While we also continue to work with our, um, you know, MNC clients as well as the GLC customers, Boston is one of uh, such GLC that we have started engaging quite deeply um, into their various aspect of business properties, uh, the malls, hotels, mm. etc. So mm. I think I think the two front strategy one is you know, uh, for, from the from the enterprise point of view, we are continue to grow our uh, business uh, within the verticals that we work. At the same time, invest heavily in technology and in the startup ecosystem that will give us enough legs, I believe, to to continue to succeed uh, in Symbiotic. That's great stuff. Thank you very much for your time today, uh, Deepanka. It was lovely talking to you, Richard. Thank you very much for having me. My absolute pleasure. I've been on the phone with Deepankar Mitra. He is the CEO of Symbiotic Technologies. They're a software solutions and services provider. If you'd like to find out more information about them, you can, in fact, head over to their website. It is symbiotictech.com. That is S-I-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-T-E-C-H.com. This has been Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.